Welcome to the Contractor Success Forum. Today we're broadcasting from the world of asphalt and we are talking about the top ways during this market, this crazy market we're in, to be more profitable for contractors, road contractors. There's a lot of the specific conversation, but this will probably apply to just about everybody. But as we are at the world of asphalt, we are talking specifically about those tips for the road contractors, which I think almost all of them apply to everybody in the contracting world. Wow. World of asphalt. Only thing I can think of more exciting than that is the world of bonding and insurance, but you know, I'm a a freak. Very exciting. Very exciting here. Well, I'm glad you're there. It's the center of the asphalt world. And it's very appropriate that your topic today is about making profit as an asphalt contractor. I was going over your notes, Rob, and I thought a lot of it is really good. And like always, some things you might go, come on, guys, that's so common sense. Well, really, are you doing it? Sometimes the best ideas are something you haven't thought about or you're not implementing it. And so I want to encourage everyone after this show to be sure to give us your feedback because We'd like to know if you want us to argue a point further with you about something, we'll be happy to do that. Or if you want to try to change our way of thinking, we'll put that out in front of everyone. We are there to serve our listeners. Wouldn't you say guys? I would. And and where do they find us on there? Stephen? how do they find us to have these discussions? I'll answer that. If you You answer that, they can go to the contractor success forum.com. Or find us on Spotify. We also have our Contractor Success Forum podcast LinkedIn page. We'd love to connect with you as well. Yeah. But Rob, I'm really excited to figure out how you're going to tell us to become a big ass fault contractor. <laughs> big ass faults here on the Contractor Success Forum. So we the, the first one, I think this is the traditional one as I was interviewing people for this and getting ideas is... You can't get paid if you don't spray. No spray, no pay. You got to keep your equipment running. So keep your equipment maintained and keep your people trained to do that. So right now, during this market, the people are so hard to get. So you've got to spend the money and the time on the training of the people. But along with that, one of the things that I guess I had thought about, but just pointing out is keeping spare parts. That is one of the biggest problems for these people. They're breaking down or just normal maintenance that you normally order these parts. But in this market, because we're doing this during COVID, the the supply chains are broken and you cannot get these parts. So as the springtime comes and the road work is opening up again, you better have a bunch of spare parts that you're going to need. Because if you don't spray, you don't get paid. No spray, no pay. That was the equipment manufacturer's big point. So that makes sense. along with that is getting those people that can run it and that know how to run it, that can keep it running without it breaking. So, so a lot of that training is the employee turnover has been so huge recently. That's a big, big factor. 
Well, you threw out a bunch of points there, Rob. Where, where you want? Well, that's about? one. That's that's one point. That's, of keeping your equipment running, I think, is the main point. The number one thing, and how you do that is keeping those parts in stock, keeping those people running, keeping that equipment spraying. So, yeah, I think a lot of people in this industry probably there is some seasonality, but in your downtime, you really got to work on that maintenance. I've seen it time and time again that people want to put off spending money on these things. And as you said, sometimes it is hard to get these parts. So pay attention, look ahead, yeah. I guess I would say. And and I think this first point is the productivity. This is the main one that most people actually think about. And some of the other points I'm looking forward to talking about are some of the things you may not think about or be as conscious of it because this market's a little bit different. The second point that I was talking to you about, Wade, was watching your job costs carefully as these prices are going up. Do you want to speak about that a little bit, Wade? This is right in your wheelhouse. Well, yeah, across all industries, we're seeing price spikes and all kind of stuff. And I'm guessing in the asphalt industry that the cost of oil and gas right now is heavily playing into what they're doing, as well as making sure the equipment is running properly. But I guess the point when we were speaking last week about it was the whip schedules, because people are not factoring in the fact that number one, the costs have gone up. And so maybe, you know, they got more costs in it than they expected, but their cost to complete has gone through the roof. Yeah. So when it goes through the roof, you could be in a losing situation. I've seen different contractors now losing on a job where they're stuck with a certain price per square yard or whatever. Sometimes we're not paying attention to the cost to complete. And if we don't, we're artificially inflating that percentage completion, artificially inflating that revenue and that profit and our equity. But then a year down the road, when these jobs don't come in like they expect, Stephen would probably be losing faith in the contractor's ability to estimate yeah. when they see these bad job fades. One of the points, as I've learned from you guys in this show, in some of these classes that Stephen and I have taken together, when you're talking about the inflated working process, I don't know how many people understand that those costs can really throw your reports and your percent completes. And because Wade's talking about it, like we, we all understand because he understands this so well, but you got to take those whip reports and adjust them for how much you're over. So your percent completes are, are actually correct because of the way that that percent complete is done based on our costing. So when your cost is done more then your percent completes off, as well. And so you keep those adjusted in there to make your bonding guys happier up front. It, it may not look as good right now, but you don't want to have a big surprise. If you want your bonding guys, let them know now. The earlier, the better. And they'll understand this because at least they will know that you understand what's happening as, through these cycles. So they'll have confidence in you. Is that a true statement there, Stephen? It is, but I could tell you, most asphalt contractors would say, I can't stand bonds. It's just not a <laughs> headache for me. But bonding companies give a lot more bonding credit to asphalt contractors because there's a lower amount of working capital that's required, especially if you have the equipment. They got to take your, what they call off the books net worth of your construction equipment that may be depreciated off into account for underwriting an asphalt contractor. So why is that? And why do bonding companies want to know this? It's not to be a pain in the butt. It's to know how you're doing. The better they can 
figure out how you're doing, the more bonds I can give you. And the better you can figure out how you're doing, then the less stress you have and the more profit you make. Okay, so we're on this and we were just talking about that second one is watching your cost and whip. But well, what do you do about it? Why do you even watch it if you can't do anything about it? So the third point, the third tip that we got, and this is really, Stephen, in your wheelhouse, is writing these contracts and bids to protect yourself from the increasing costs or locking in those costs. And what do you do about this? Well, that would be a lawyer question. I'm not a lawyer, but I do know that all the Department of Transportations have that type of language in their contracts. There's a lot of asphalt paving contractors that are doing parking lots for Walmarts and other projects. There's a lot of asphalt out there that's done through city contracts and municipal contracts beside Department of Transportation. But it's called force majeure language, and it has to do with price escalation and how you can file a claim when the price escalates to a certain level. So most of it's designed where you take the risk with us a little bit. So the better you can control your cost. And you can't control them if you don't know what they are. Right, Wade? Absolutely. So there you go. (laughs) Going back to the point of knowing where you are, well, you may be behind on a job, but sometimes you can do things to mitigate your losses, like try to speed it up and get it done and, and push on that contract to make sure that you're doing the best you can with what you got on that contract, even if you're going to lose. Because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, I was amazed this week talking to some of these people. They've been doing business the same way for so long. They did not realize until this extreme situation that they could put things into the contract. I was talking to one speaker, Jeannie Ringcob, was telling me that one person put in their bid, if we can get the labor. At the end, they didn't have the labor. It's like, well, what are they going to do with this one? You say, well, they may not get a bid that, says they're going to guarantee that they're going to do the job if the labor. But that that was probably the most extreme contract uh, clause that I've heard of. But the fact that people are putting things in their contracts about, you know, escalating costs is the more, I think. Thing. So if you're a small contractor, you can't survive that if it, if it goes up. You may, but probably not. If you don't have a really big chunk of reserves, you may not be able to do that. It may be that your owner of the project, whoever's putting those bids out can handle that. But you got to put that in there. If you're going to stay in business for the long run, especially in these markets, you're going to have to put that in your contracts or you may not be a contractor for very long. And if you know your job costs right up front, you don't need a lawyer to argue with you for an owner. They say, no, we're not doing that. No, 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 no. Then you say, well, okay, well, then I'm going to have to inflate my price. Yeah. Because you're asking me to play the futures market and I'm just a contractor. Inflate the price. And then that gets into, I had a lot of actually contracts that I did have to lock in the prices. And that was one of my competitive advantages is that I'd lock in prices for a year, but I was not eating the risk myself. I was contracting that to my suppliers. So I was getting that material and purchasing it in advance. So you don't just put those things in your contract. Try to work with your suppliers as well to see what can they do to lock these things in? What can you do to force those? If you can't get your contract with your client, a customer, 
the way you want it. You need to see if you can pass that down so you're not the one taking the risk. So those are some of the things we can do about that. Anything on that before we go to my favorite comment that I had? No, go to your favorite comment. Your favorite one. This was not what you'd be thinking of. This is outside of the box because the labor has been very difficult. And I'll give credit to Jeannie Rinkob on this. Some of her clients were advertising not for their projects, but they're advertising what a great job that their own employees are doing. And there was one of her companies that she had on there that their whole social media page is the trip that they took all of their employees to Mexico. They're having awards for the contractors. The employees see, their families see that. There are things that they're doing for their families. This company doing that, when they need employees, all they do is post it and they've got them lining up at their door to come to work for them. So that's just been a huge thing. So what a simple Good employees want to work for the best. They do. You've got to promote that. Think about it. Every single thing that employee does costs you money or saves you money. And if that employee cares about you and you care about them, it shows in the bottom line. Take, for example, someone just getting hurt on a paving job. The whole job shuts down. You got EMTs coming or someone's got to take them to doctor. Productivity stops during that time. So you care about safety. You care about them as individuals and you care about supporting and promoting these quality individuals. Rob, I can see why this is your favorite topic. Yeah. It was so outside the box. That was why that one hit me. I was not expecting that one. So, uh, Well, I guess I can see it because I've had a rash of contractors asking me, how can I implement like a retirement plan or get health insurance for my employees now? And it's all a designed to like, how can we keep these people? I know in my business, having a consistent crew that always does the same thing and they know how it works, I'm a lot more profitable because of it. And if you have a constant turnover, it will kill profitability. Yeah. And and as Jeannie said, she said to have the employees be the hero of your story. So that was their storyline. I think they get it from the story brand. But yeah, have those employees be the hero of your story on the social media. I I didn't mention that I had stolen that comment from Brian Horner of Etnire Equipment because he was saying, if you don't spray, you don't pave. Or if you don't pave, you don't get paid. So no spray, no pay. So uh uh, the, the same thing with those employees, because you can't be doing it if you don't have anybody to operate it. So you're saying you need to spray the employees? I, <laughs> I lost that. Yes, spray. Uh, hopefully you're spraying the roads or the, the pavement. Can we get to spray at Sam's Club? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that Maybe Sam's spray, contract. That's an spray. inside joke. You're in right, the world so. of asphalt. There's all kinds of illusions <laughs> there. So, uh, but, but it's great. And I, I'm glad we got to learn so much here at the world of asphalt and uh, here on our show, the contractor success forum, bringing you ways to be more profitable with your asphalt. That's what we do on the contractor success forum. So, Come back and see us. We have Stephen Brown, McDaniel Whitley Bonding and Insurance Company. We have Wade Carpenter, Carpenter and Company CPAs. And I am Rob Williams, Iron Gate Entrepreneurial Support Systems, 
All of our information is at the contractorsuccessforum.com or check out the Contractor Success Forum on LinkedIn and ask LinkedIn. your questions and give us your favorite tip for profitability. See you at the next show.